Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to open the word and to see what you'd have us to see. We ask you to bless and guide and lead. And if anybody's on their way, we ask that you bring them quickly. Lord, we pray for those that aren't here that normally are and ask, your, ask you to be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Leviticus chapter 3. We're going to start on the third voluntary offering. I think I might have made a mistake and said there were only two last week, but there are three voluntary and two mandatory. So we're going to read the chapter and then discuss it. And if his oblation be a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offer it of the herd, whether it be a male or a female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. And he shall lay his hands upon the head (coughs) of his offering and kill it at the door of the tabernacle, and the con- of the congregation, and Aaron's son, the pri- sons, the, the priests shall sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about, and he and he shall offer of the sacrifice of the peace offering, an offering made of by fire unto the Lord, the fat that covereth the innards, and all the fat that is upon the innards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, which is by the flanks, and the gall above the liver, and the, which is the kidneys, it shall be, it shall he take away. And Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt sacrifice, which is upon the wood that is on the fire. It is an offering made of fire, fire, a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if his offering for the sacrifice of peace offering unto the Lord be of the flock, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish. He shall offer a lamb for his offering, and he shall offer it before the Lord. And he shall lay his hands on on the head of the altar, and his hand lay, and he shall lay his hand upon the head of his offering, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron's son shall sprinkle the blood there around about upon the altar, and he and he shall offer the sacrifice of, of the peace offering, an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat thereof, and 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 the whole rump, and it shall be, it shall he take off hard by the backbone, and the fat that covereth the innards and the fat that is upon the innards, and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the flanks and the end, and the gall above the liver and the kidneys, it shall he take away. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar. It is food of the offering made by fire unto God. And if his offering be a goat, then he shall offer it before the Lord, and he shall lay his hand upon the head of it, and kill it before the tabernacle of the congregation, and the sons of Aaron shall sprinkle the blood thereof upon the altar round about, and he shall offer thereof his offering, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord, the fat that covereth the innards, and the fat that is upon the innards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, and and is on the flanks, and, and the gall above the liver, and the kidneys, and it shall he take away. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar. It is food for the offering made by fire, a sweet savor. All fat is the Lord's, and it shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout your dwellings that ye eat neither fat nor blood. Then we're going to go to chapter 7 real quick and start reading at verse 11. Because this also talks about the peace offering. And this is the law of the sacrifice of the peace offering, he, which he shall offer unto the Lord. If he offer for the, it for thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving unleavened cakes mingled with oil and unleavened wafers anointed with oil and cakes mingled with oil and fine linen fried 
Besides the cakes, he shall offer for his offering leavened bread with the sacrifice of the thanksgiving for his peace offering. And of it he shall offer one out of the whole oblation for an heave offering unto the Lord, and it shall be the priest that sprinkle the blood on the, of the peace offerings. And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for the sacrifice shall be eaten in that same day that it is offered. He shall not leave any of it until morning. And if the sacrifice of the offering be a vow or a voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day that he offers his, offers his sacrifice. And on the morrow, also the remainder of it shall be eaten. But the remainder of the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day, he shall, that day shall be burnt with fire. If any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his Peace offering is eaten at all on the third day, it shall not be accepted, neither shall it be imputed unto him that offered it. It shall be an abomination, and the whole of it that eateth it, and, and the soul that eateth of it shall be bear his iniquity. All right. I wanted to read that because it gives further definition of this peace offering. Uh, peace offerings are also known as fellowship offerings, praise offerings, thanksgiving offerings, acceptable offerings. And it's kind of an interesting, it's a very interesting offering. Number one, it's voluntary. Okay, and you'll notice on this one, it is one that no birds are offered. Okay, it is either a bull or a goat or a sheep. And you'll also, if you kind of listen carefully, you'll notice that the sheep, when we talked about the sheep being burnt, uh, offered in, in the burnt offering, where did the sheep have to be offered? Does anybody remember? Uh, the outer um, what side of the altar the sheep had to be on the right side oh yeah yeah the north side the north side the north. because Jesus was crucified at Golgotha on the north side of the, tem of the temple oh, this peace offering does not have that restriction for it oh. okay this can be a male or a female animal it still has to be without blemish and what happens on this? This is a, this is a very f interesting offering that happens. This offering feeds three different people with this offering. You take the fat the, and the kidneys and the, and the things above, the, the, the meat above the, the liver, and you burn that for God as a sweet savor. And what does a sweet savor offer mean about the offering? It satisfies or tranquilizes. It is what God says, this is, this is pleasing to me, and it, it calms them down. Then they will cut the right shoulder, the, right, the right, right side of it, up to the bone, and that was given to the priest that offered the sacrifice. The rest of the sacrifice was given back to the offerer, and he and his family basically would have a great big feast on that offering. So God gets a piece of the feast, the priest gets a piece of the feast, and the person gets a piece of the feast. And it's, quite a, it's kind of an interesting thing. It's kind of like having dinner with God in one sense. Because God gets his part, the priest gets his, and then you get the rest of it. And it has to be eaten within one or two days, depending on what the circumstances of your offering was. So this is an offering that really is an offering of fellowship with God. And it goes to the idea of a meal in the Middle East. A meal in the Middle East is much more, and even in Europe and most of Asia, is much more than it is in America. 
In America, we just think of we sit down, we have, we have our food, if we even sit down, and we have food. In the Middle East, if you came upon your enemy's tent, even at, at, at the heat of the day, he was required by the requirements of that area to deal kindly with you. He was to feed you. He was to give you, he was to give you drink. He was to let you sit in the shade during the middle of the day. It was an obligation of fellowship. We think about uh, this Abraham when he was sitting in his tent in the middle of the day and the Lord and the two angels came that were getting ready to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he had them sit down and he gave them drink and he went out and he went out and gave them, made a meal for them. Abraham had this meal and he prepared this meal for, for the people. He didn't know who they were, didn't know if they were friends, didn't know if they were foes, but that was the obligation. And it said that if you go to Europe and you sit down for dinner, you better plan on spending a couple hours for dinner because it is a time of family and relaxing. In America, a meal is wolf it down as fast as you can and get going to the next thing that you're going, you know, that yeah, you've got plans for the day. What's for dessert? Uh, but this is a dinner, basically a dinner with God. Being with your enemy, obligation with your enemies to give them uh, shade and, and drink. During the middle of the day. So, and this offering could be just out of thanksgiving. You want to give it to God because you're being thankful to him. It, and if you completed a vow, you made a vow to God and you were completing that vow, you were to make a peace offering. That was the only time that it was a mandatory offering, but it was still a, a free offering, a voluntary, because you made the vow of your own free will. Mm -hmm. And it could also just be a free will offering. I just want to give God a gift. Uh, but this was, a, this was a unique gift. Part of it burnt, part of it to the priest, and the rest of it, the bulk of it went back to you for you to consume with your family. And while you consumed it, you thought about this belonging to God and being, you know, it was like God sharing a meal with you because he gives back what you offered to him. And so it's kind of an interesting time because it is a, it's a time of thanksgiving. We see the picture of Jesus being the, the gift that, that branches between God and, and, the, and, and him as the priest and us as the offerer. And, Everybody gets a piece of this offering. No turkeys. <laughs> no turkeys, no birds. It's got to be, gotta be beef, beef, goat, or lamb. Beef, goat, or lamb. Oh. Or I guess it could be oxen because it usually has oxen too. But uh, it's a special offering. And it couldn't be birds because there's not, not enough to split between yeah, three different, three no, different like places. Our, not like our Thanksgiving where we No, yeah, it's not like our Thanksgiving. Now the Jews have a very interesting picture of this offering. They say that this is the only offering that will continue into the, Messi the Messianic age. Because it is a fellowship offering, it is a communion offering, it is an acceptance offering. Uh, and it would be interesting because that would mean that this sacrifice would go through the millennial kingdom of, of a sacrifice of, to God of the, the split between them. And because it is that picture of God, I want to have a meal with you. And that's why it's so special. This is, this is a very different offering from every other offering out there. It is, a, it is one that's just expressing to God this desire to have fellowship. To have God, I just want to say thank you to it. It's an offering of acceptance. It's an offering of communion. It has a picture of salvation in there because it's the acceptance that brings us into the, into the presence of God. 
It's a very, very interesting offering. In number in Leviticus 11, uh, 7, 11 through 34, it tells us that bread was offered with this. And we saw that in that section where we saw unleavened cakes were given, but also leavened cakes. Because this is a meal, it is not a sin offering. It's nothing to do with sin. This is communion with God. You've already offered your burnt offerings. You've already offered your sin offering. You come to God with this offering and say, God, here, I'm going to lift up this part to you. This is your part. We burn your part. We're, we're, we're giving the priest their part. And then we're taking the, and we get to keep the rest and have communion and have a dinner with you. We just want to have a relationship with you. And that is what salvation does for it. It brings us into a relationship with God that allows us to be one with him. And it is really an interesting, interesting thing to do. You know, and what they would do for this offering, as we read, is they would lay their hand on the head. Again, the whole idea of this is representing me. I'm putting myself in this, in this communion. All right. Then they killed it. They took the part out that belonged to God. And you'll notice the same part always belongs to God in all these offerings. It's the, the kidneys, the fats, the liver. Uh, this was a day and an age when, liver, uh, when fat was considered the delicacy part of the, the meat. And for, for, for us that you know, eat a lot of meat, fat still is part of the portion of the meat. If you get a piece of meat that's all lean with no marbling of fat, it's very dry and it doesn't taste good. I love ribeye steaks with all that fat marbled through it. Not huge chunks of it, but the marbling of the fat through it, then it's, it's moist, it's tender. Uh, and, and God is saying that he got the best part of that meal. Wow. All right. And he lays his hand on the animals? The, the people the lay there. Well, they lay there to identify, to, to place there, oh. that this is me. Because in sin, in, on the sin offering, it represents placing my sin. Oh, yeah. Which, again, putting me into this animal, and he's taking my sin from me. In this case, it's just saying, God, I want to commune with you to the point of we're going to have this dinner that I'm in part of. Then they, then they burnt the offering. Then they cut the, the right shoulder to the breast up against the backbone, and it was given to the priest. And the, the priest was able to have this as his dinner with his family. And the, and the rest of it belonged to the family. You know, and if it was a Thanksgiving offering, they had to eat it all that day, and then they had to burn it the next day. Yeah, all right? no, yeah, no refrigeration. Well, it wasn't even that. It was just, that was the reason for it. It, was, it belonged to God. It was a, thank, a gift, gift of thankfulness. Oh, so this was kind of a feast. When you planned on doing one of these gifts, you probably invited your, your mom and your dad and your uncles and your... Yeah. You know, because you, you had to eat this whole animal within, within a day wow. if it's a Thanksgiving offering. If it was an offering that was a, a offering because I completed my vow, it, was a, it had two days to be eaten. All right? Uh, because it, this was now a mandatory, it was more of a mandatory. It was still voluntary because it was a fulfillment of your vow, but it was a you know, voluntary thing. And then on the third day, it would be, it would be burnt. So in many ways, it's like the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb was one lamb per family. Anything left over the next day was burnt. It was, it was not to be eaten. You, ne you never took a sacrifice that was more than one day old. And part of that is because everything that we do with God is supposed to be new every day. Now, we don't want to live on the past. 
That's why I encourage everybody, we read our Bible daily because we don't want to live on old food. You know, God gave them new manna every day, new food every day. God's mercies are new every morning according to Psalms. You know, and it's supposed to be new. Our relationship with God is to be new and fresh every day. You know, and we don't want to live on the past. If we live on the past, it, it kind of paralyzes us because we're always looking back to when things were better. And go home for that. And we don't ever want to be in a place where we're living in the past. Wow. Because if we're living in the past, it's not fresh. And God wants a fresh revival every day with us. And that's why it's said that if we're not moving forward for God, we're moving backwards. You know, if we're not going forward, we're not in his word in his, each day, we're not, you know, not being fed daily in his, in his word, we're not moving forward for him, then we are moving backwards because we're living in things that are old. And every sacrifice was new. It had to be new. And part of it may have been refrigeration. It was a practical thing, you know, to keep it fresh. But you, they could salt the meat. They, there's ways they could have preserved the meat if that's what they were looking to do. But it had to be new, and it's a representation of our relationship with God being new every day. And this is, this is what we want to look at. This is, a, this is a meal with God symbolizing peace and, and hospitality and a relationship with God and communion. And it was, a, it was just one of those offerings that said, God, I want to give this to you. I want to, I want to have a relationship with you. And this is the way we come. When we come to services, to be with each other, to fellowship around the, the Word of God as a, as a meal. This is a meal for our spiritual being. And we want to come together and have that life come, come together. And we want to be able to see that this is a very special offering. You know, and I get excited because it is such an you know, offering. So when you see peace offering, you know, this is what it's talking about. The peace offering has already been established all the way back in Genesis. This is not a new offering to them. This is just an offering that he's putting restrictions around and saying, this is how you're going to do it. You couldn't just sit in your own house, cut the, cut the throat of the animal, and decide to have a peace offering for God. You had to take it to the temple and follow the, follow the procedures. So this is, this is a, one of those offerings. Any comments or thoughts? All right, let's look at Leviticus. Let's see, what else do I have? Anything we needed to do? Uh, Le Leviticus 4. This goes, starts going into a mandatory offering. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, saying, If the soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is appointed do sin according to the sin, uh, to the sin of the people, then let him bring for him, for his sin which he has sinned, a young bullock without blemish, unto the Lord for a sin offering, and he shall bring the bullock unto the door of the tabernacle and the, of the congregation before the Lord, and shall lay his hands upon the bullock's head and, and kill the bullock before the Lord, and the priest that is anointed shall take the, the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle the blood seven times before the Lord, before the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar uh, of this sweet incense before the Lord, which is in the tabernacle of the congregation. 
and shall pour all the blood of the bullock at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle. And he shall take off from, from it all the fat of the bullock of, of the, for the sin offering, and the fat that covereth the innards, and all the fat that is upon the innards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, and that is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, and the kidneys, and it shall he take away. <clears throat> and it was taken off for the bullock for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, and the priest shall burn them upon the altar or the burnt offering, and the skin of the bullock and all his flesh with his head and his legs and his innards and his dung, even the whole bullock shall he carry forth without the camp unto a clean place where the ashes are poured out and burn him on the wood of the fire where the ashes are poured out. Okay, so we're going to stop there for just a moment. This is, <clears throat> this is an offering if a priest sins. Okay, now we're getting into the, the atonement offering. And what does atonement mean? We break it down in its simplicity at one mint. Oh, it yeah, is yeah. becoming one with God. It is meeting, meeting the need. It is also called the propitiation sin. And propitiation, you remember, means to, to pay the price and satisfy the wrath of the offended party. So here we are, and he's saying if a priest makes a sin he is to offer a bullock all right and this is very important because leaders are held to a very high in in uh, James it said that many of you ought not to be teachers because the condemnation is greater teachers have a higher accountability there to God because if they are doing things wrong or teaching wrong they can affect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the people are, have an excuse. Well, I was just taught this and I believed it, but you know they're still required to go in and be responsible for themselves. But the teacher can lead people astray very easy, and they are very accountable. The way they live in front of people is is has a higher accountability. Uh, a teacher, a pastor, the the elders cannot just do what they want because if people look at them and say. Wow, if he can do that, I can do that. And maybe they're sinning because they're doing it. Uh, because they don't have the same faith as the, as the leader. And this is where Paul was saying, you know, I'm at liberty to do what I want, but if it's going to cause somebody to stumble, I'm not going to do it. And he was referring to things like eating meat that was offered to an idol. He's going, there's no problem with me eating meat offered to an idol because it's just a dumb idol that's that's wood or stone and it's not a big deal. But if it's gonna make a brother stumble, then he wouldn't do it. And this is, this is something that's very important for us to understand, you know, is the leader's you know, place. And it says that the priest was to sin, he was to, bring the, he was to bring the bullock in. So he had the high standard. He didn't, he didn't get away cheap. He had to offer a bullock, the most expensive of it. And you want to look at this. He puts his hands on it. And this is, again, this idea of putting himself upon this animal, in this case specifically the sin. It is to be killed. And remember in the burnt offering, the skin went to the priest. Mm -hmm. This one was totally different. The only part of this that's going to be burnt is the kidneys and the fat. The blood is poured out by the altar it's sprinkled seven times before the veil. And what does seven mean? We've covered this before. Uh, grace. Nope. 
completion, perfection. Okay, because it is the is the God made the world and it represents completion and perfection. So he takes the blood and he sprinkles seven times before the veil, and what's on the other side of the veil? Um, specifically the the mercy seat, oh, yeah, the yeah. mercy the seat, and the ark of the tabernacle, ark of the covenant. Okay, and, and but they can't go in but one time a year. So he sprinkles the blood seven times. He puts a little bit of blood on the horns of the incense altar. And what does the incense altar represent? Does anybody remember when we were in Exodus? The prayers of the saints. Okay, the incense altar represents prayers going up and smoke before God. And then he takes the rest of that blood and he pours it out on the side of the altar. And then it says, and he takes, and he says, uh, which is by the flame, uh, verse 16, and, and it was taken off the bullock of the sacrifice, the peace offering, verse 11, and the skin of the bullock and his flesh and his head and his legs and his innards and his dung and the whole bullock shall be carried forth without the camp and burnt. Okay? And you think about this, in most of the sacrifices, the priest got a piece of the, piece of the off, uh, sacrifice. When it comes to a sin offering, the atonement offering, only God gets it wow. with the blood. And the rest of it is burnt, all of it, the skin, everything. And you think about how little of it has been taken out. Basically, they've cut them open and they've taken the insides of them out and burned it. And they've drained all the blood from it. And then they take it out and they burn it outside the camp in the tre- in a, the whole thing. In a whole thing. The rest of it is just burnt. Put a hand on the bull's head for their sin. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the priest said. No, no, the person offering it. Well, in this case, it's a priest that's offering it, yes. So this is, a, this is an interesting sacrifice. So this is uh, almost, a, you might think of it as a wasteful sacrifice, but it goes to show the cost of, of, of the atonement. Jesus went to the cross in perfection and paid everything he had so that we could be bought by his blood. And he was taken outside the camp to be buried. He was taken outside the city into the, the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea to be buried outside the camp. All right? But the cost, the, the great cost of buying back from sin, and this is a great example of it, the huge cost, just a small part of it's taken to offer to God, the blood's taken, the innards are taken, and the rest of it's destroyed. Nobody can use it. Okay? And it is to, it is to that picture of the cost of the payment for sin. How about $3,000 these days? It would be a lot. It was well, it, would be equivalent. it would be equivalent. It would be equivalent in their day. So, verse thirteen. And if the whole huh? Yeah, okay. And if the whole congregation of Israel sin through ignorance, the thing he and the thing be hid from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning the things which should not be done, and are guilty. When the sin which they have sinned against it is known, then the congregation shall offer a young bullock for this sin and bring him before the tabernacle of the congregation, and the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands on the head of the bullock 
before the Lord, and the bullock shall be killed before the Lord, and the priest of the, that, that is anointed shall bring the bullock's blood to the tabernacle of the congregation, and the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord, even before the veil, and he shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar, which is before the Lord, that is in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour out the blood at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and he shall take all the fat from him and burn it upon the altar, and he shall do with the bullock as he did with the bullock for sin offering, so shall he do with this, and the priest shall make the atonement for them, and it shall be forgiven him, and he shall carry forth the bullock without the camp and burn him as he burned the first bullock. It is a sin offering for the congregation. Okay, so if the people do something in sin, okay, an example would have been when they were waiting for Moses to come back and they created the golden calf. Now, they knew that was wrong. There was no ignorance in that. All right? But their murmurings and stuff, they got caught up in it. Those would be things that would be ignorance. And all of a sudden they find, oh, I've sinned. I, I now know that I've sinned. Then this offering would be, would be given. All burnt up. All burnt up except for the fat and the innards, just like the other one. Wow. And the blood. Again, the picture of the cost of sin. How lightly do we think of sin sometimes? We just think, oh, I've sinned, I just pray and ask Jesus to forgive me. But we got to think about the cost that Jesus paid for that sin. It was tremendous. He doesn't want us to just go out and sin because it, you know, well, I'm forgiven, I can go out and do whatever I want. No. You know, we are not to trample the blood of Jesus into the ground because of taking sin so lightly. The picture here is sin was costly. Now, as you said, in our day and age, you know, just the price of the, the, the bull is a couple thousand dollars. And that doesn't even count the fact of you, you've raised it, you've given it grain, and if you were to butcher it and, and sell it, you would make even more. You know, this is a costly sacrifice. You're not getting anything back. The priests aren't getting anything back. It is just sheer cost. God, I am giving you this, and this is, is what my sacrifice is. And this was to be done each time that you sinned, that you knew that you sinned, you were to bring your, your, your um, atonement offering in. Very, very uh, costly offering. When a ruler has sinned and done somewhat through ignorance against the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done and is guilty, or if his sin wherein he hath sinned comes to, the, comes to his knowledge, he shall bring his offering... The, a kid of the goats, a male without blemish. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the goat and shall kill it in the place where they kill the burnt offerings before the Lord. It is a sin offering. And the priest shall take the blood of the sin offering with its finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and shall pour the blood at the bottom of the offering and he shall burn all the fat upon the altar as the fat of the sacrifice of peace offering and the and the priest shall make, his, make an atonement for him concerning the sin, and it shall be forgiven him. All right, so if it's a leader, it's a little cheaper. If it's just one of the elders, he just has to give a goat. Still pretty expensive, I mean, but, it's, but instead of being what we would say thousands of dollars, he's in the hundreds of dollars for his goat. But it's the same process. He's going to put his hands on the, on the, on the goat. He's going to pronounce his sin upon the goat and 
the goats are going to be killed and it's going to be burnt outside the camp. And again, the cost, it's a wasted, total waste. It's just that little bit, of, you know, in the blood. But, you know, I say waste, but it's not technically a waste because you're, buying, you're getting your forgiveness. Your God is, God is seeing that you want to be forgiven. And, and he's, that you're willing to pay the price of that forgiveness, for that forgiveness. Verse 27, and if any man, if any one of the common men, people sin through ignorance, while he does somewhat against any of the commandments, the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done and be guilty, for if his sin which he has sinned come to his knowledge, then he shall bring the offering, a kid of the goats, a female without blemish for his sin which he has sinned. And note that this one's a female instead of a male like all the other ones. This is for the common person, just anybody in the camp. And part of this, and I don't really understand this, but apparently sheep and cows and goats uh, give, have, give birth to more females than males in their processing. Uh, so they're not near as expensive. Uh, and so, and that is the knowledge that I got. I could be wrong. The one place I looked, I didn't, I'm not very familiar with it, but it does seem to me that everybody who has a flock almost always has more females in their flock than they do males. And so it may just, it just may be something that is part of that the genetic pool. Yeah, produce more. You know, they get a lot, of, a lot of females to produce more, a larger flock. Right. Uh, and I don't understand it, but the book, I, the, the notice I read on it said that they do, and I didn't dig deep enough to know whether that's true or not, so take it for what it's worth. He shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering and lay and slay the sin offering in the place of the burnt offerings. And the priest shall take the blood thereof with his fingers and put it upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and shall pour out all the blood on the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away the fat thereof and the fat and as the fat is taken away from, the, from off the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven. And if he bring a lamb of a sin offering, then he shall, he shall bring a female without blemish. He shall lay his hands upon the head of the sin offering, and slay it for the sin offering in the place where they killed the burnt offering. And the priest shall take off the blood of the sin offering with his finger, and put it upon the horns of the altar and of the burnt offering, and shall pour out all the blood that is at the therefore at the bottom of the altar and he shall take away the fat thereof as the fat of the lamb is taken away from the sacrifice of the peace offerings and the priest shall burn them upon the altar according to the offering made by fire unto the Lord and the priest shall make an atonement for his sin that he has committed and it shall be forgiven him. Alright? Now one thing you want to note when it talked about the lamb it said that he, they were to kill him in the place of the burnt offering and this is this is a lamb, so it is going to be killed on the north side because it is a lamb. Because it said, in the place of the burnt offering. And the burnt offering killed it on the north side. So this is, this is the rules for a sin offering. The cost of covering sin is expensive. Even, even, for, even for a people that are herding animals, this is an expensive offering. You know, this is, you don't, every animal that had to be killed was a was a huge expense to you. It meant time, it meant cost of the animal, it meant cost of the, of the, the feeding of it, the guarding of it with the shepherd and the herdsmen. You know, there was investment into this, it was, it was expensive. 
And this is an offering that people would have to give probably daily if they were really they being honest. All right, they used to move. I don't, well, normally they would, but I don't know on this one. But they feed it and guard it. And, yeah. And mm -hmm. take. And they're losing. They're losing. They're losing the, the future shearing of it. They're losing the future possible sell of it as, as food. You know, this is this was an expense, and it was to cover sin. And if you really want to think about it, you would almost have to go to the temple every day to offer a, a sacrifice for your sin. Sin is wasted. And it's total waste as far as physical. You know, practical, because nobody's getting any part of this. The priest isn't getting part of it. You're not getting part of it. God gets the, gets his part, and then is burnt. The the skin isn't kept. The you know nothing is kept out of this offering. It is in a very expensive and and offering that is not there for anybody. And this is the mandatory one. When you sin through ignorance, and this is something that we think about. How often do we sin out of ignorance? Quite often, you know, quite often, we often sin, though, also by, that we mean to sin. Our courts were like that, you know. Well, our courts are no longer courts of justice anymore. Uh, and, in, and, in, and in Israel, during their time, there was, there, they didn't have jails because you either paid for your, it was either a capital offense or an immediate payment to the person offended. And if you couldn't pay, your parents were expected to pay. Wow. And if they couldn't pay, you were put into servitude with the com for the oh, people yeah. that you belonged. You know, well, sometimes it could be longer on that, on, on that particular one, but it was you were put into servitude to pay off your debt. So this was, this was very strong, and it, it, was, it was a 20% additional charge for whatever you destroyed you know, in most cases. So you, it cost, there was an immediate cost to, to, to harming people. But no court, there was no court. Well, there were courts of the elders, but there were no jails. Oh, no jail, okay. There wasn't this idea of throw them into jail until they rot. It was, you either got killed because you did a capital offense, and their capital offenses were a lot stronger than ours, okay? Murder, no matter what kind of murder was a capital offense, if it was if it was manslaughter or, or, or accidental and you made it to a city of refuge, like Moses. you were protected, you could be protected. Yeah, Moses did the murder charge after him. So. Yeah, well, that was a different one, though, because that wasn't under Israel's rules. So. Oh, I see. Um, rules these? These are, this is Israel's rules we're talking about. If you killed somebody and it was an accident or, well, this is after or manslaughter, after, yeah, after Moses during, the, during Levitical rules, and you made it to the city of refuge. You could you could be you could live in the city until the high priest died, uh, unless it was proven that you had malice against the person, and then you were killed. Uh, kidnapping was a capital offense. Adultery was a capital offense. Rape was a capital offense unless both were single, and then he had to marry the woman, and could not divorce her. Uh, you know, so there were a lot of capital offenses for them. And then everything else was, if you stole something or destroyed something, then you paid back with interest. You know, it was usually two or three for each one. If you killed somebody's horse, you had to give them three horses. You know, it's, it was a very strict way of doing it. And if you couldn't afford it, somebody else in your family afforded it. And 
you know, so that your parents had a good reason to keep you. They really hang you for horse stealing. Yeah, well, in America they did. <laughs> they didn't, they really frowned on it here. Uh, but the whole idea on this was punishment was swift, punishment was severe. And parents made sure their kids obeyed because they didn't, they didn't want to lose, lose really? out. And if you had a child who was totally disobedient, who would not listen to parents and was, you know, uh, struck their parents or just would not listen to their parents and, and brought shame to the name of the parents, they could go to the town and say, our child is totally disobedient, then the child would be stoned. Uh, you know, capital punishment. <laughs> you know, so the rules and laws are very strict, and, and God is looking at how the, the the, the cost of the sin offering you know, was a very large cost. And it was one that people would, would want to be careful of because it is such a high cost involved in it. And we're going to end early because I don't want to go into another chapter. We made it through to chapter cost, 6. Even the parents are responsible for their kids. Mm -hmm. Because it was a it was a it was a place where you had a family and, and your family was responsible one for each for each other. And uh, they looked out for each other. They tried to make sure that they kept themselves and that was why the eldest eldest child would get a double uh, amount of the inheritance because he was responsible to help out any of his brothers or sisters who got into financial problems, he was to help them out with that extra portion that he was given. And he, because he was in charge of keeping the family, he was in charge of keeping them, you know, from servitude and, and everything. So it was quite a, quite a different world. Well, let's close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to come before you. We ask that you bless and anoint this time and and guide and lead us and give us a wonderful time this week. Give us opportunities to share you with others. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.